0: Well, happy Sunday, so glad that you're with us today at Life Center, and doesn't the stage look great, by the way? Can we give it up for our creative team? Man, it's gonna be such an amazing Christmas season here at Life Center, And, and even with that, just to share a little vision with you, do you know over the next number of weeks, there will be well over 10,000 plus people who will walk through these doors between all of the different singing Christmas tree performances. But then as well, I want to make sure that you're planning on being with us for Christmas Eve here at Life Center. This year, our team is doing everything we can to make Christmas Eve, that candlelight service, a special and sacred moment for you, your family, your friends, your neighbors, and your coworkers. And so do not miss that. The fun begins on December 23rd, Christmas Eve Eve. Uh, We do that because a lot of families like to travel on Christmas Eve, but this gives you a chance to join with us and be a part of what God is going to do. And then on December 24th, multiple gatherings would love to have you join with us for that. Today we're going to continue on a series that we've been in entitled, What the World Needs Now. And if you've been here the last number of weeks, we've landed at the same spot. We know the answer to that question. What the world needs now is what? It's love. It's love. And in a moment, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I've titled today's message, The Application of Love. The Application of Love. You know, I learned a long time ago that there's a difference between access and application. What I mean is you, you can have access to something. Something can be in your proximity. But if you don't actually apply it, it, it does nothing for you. You see, some things don't work unless you apply them. For example, <laughs> come on, can I get an amen? <laughs> uh, deodorant does not work if you do not apply it. This is something that we teach our children at a young age. No, you, you got to use that. You, you can have access to it, but if you don't apply it, it does you no good. You can have access to it, but if you don't, what? Apply it, it does you no good. Now, now, we understand this about common things. We also understand this, each and every one of us, we, we probably rode in a car today, and in your car there's a, a safety device called a what? A seatbelt. And here's what we know. Seat belts are great. Only if you apply it. You see, you could have a seatbelt in the car, but if you don't actually do anything with it, it does nothing for you. Sunscreen. See, some of us, we've learned the hard lesson that, that sunscreen works really good as long as you get it out of the bottle and onto your body. But how many of you have ever made the mistake that, oh, I don't need that. You ever made that mistake on an overcast day, like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, and then you end up fried? For me, when I was in high school, I was working with my dad. My dad was a painting contractor for many years here in the Puget Sound area, and one summer, we were working on this exterior of a house. It happened to be very sunny that day, a very hot day. My dad looked at me because, you know, in high school, I'm out there painting without my shirt, you know, trying to tan the muscles that did not exist. And my, my dad looks at me, he goes, hey, you might want to put some sunscreen on. I looked at him and I was like, it's probably a good idea. So I went over to the car and I grabbed some sunscreen and, and put some on my hands. And man, I, I did a good job getting this arm, you know, all covered and got this arm covered, squeezed some more, got my chest, my stomach covered. And then I reached as far back as I could on my shoulder And as far back as I could on on this shoulder, and I thought to myself, you know what? That's probably good enough. Sun doesn't really hit my lower back that much. And so the day went on, and by the end of the day, I'm starting to feel something on my back. As the day went on, I I noticed that, that kind of stretching feeling of when your skin is getting burned. Remember, as the day ended, I went to the side of the work van and I looked in that side view mirror and on my back is a perfectly red house-shaped burn on the back of my body. You see, it looked like, like a house because I had, I had reached as far back this way, as far back this way, and there was like a perfect peak of a house. And what you realize pretty quickly is as that burn heals, it tans but then it stays with you. And so for the rest of the summer, I had a perfectly shaped house. I I told my dad we should probably just like tattoo solely painting back here (laughs) because it looks like an advertisement for home painting. But I I learned an important lesson that day. Some things don't work unless you apply them. They work where you apply them, but where you don't apply it, it, it does you no good. We spent the last number of weeks leaning in on this subject of what the world needs now is love. We believe that. In week one, we talked about what the world needs now is a church that will love well. In week two, Pastor Eric and his daughter Madison shared how the love of God shows up in the midst of our battles. Last week, Pastor Garrett challenged us with this idea that what the world needs now is for us to love beyond ourselves. And and today, I wanna challenge us with this simple but important truth. What the world needs now is the love of God applied. What the world needs now is the love of God applied. You see, a lot of times we're tempted to just stop that sentence a little bit early. What the world needs now is God's love. And and that's a true statement. but, But here's the challenge if we don't actually add that final word is that we miss the power of application. Here's what I know. There's there's many people in Pierce County, there's many people in our world who remain unaware of the vast nature of God's love. There's some who are completely unaware. That's why our assignment and our mission matters. We want to bring life in Jesus to every life in our communities. And so for those who are unaware, friends, that's our assignment. But here's what I also know. There's a lot of people, there's many people who don't actually have a knowledge issue when it comes to the love of God. There's a lot of people who who can quote a scripture or even sing a song, right? Jesus loves me, this I know, why? For the Bible tells me so. There's a lot of people who don't have a knowledge issue. What they have is an application issue. You see, love that's only experienced as a theory is just an idea. And here's my concern. How many people kind of have this idea or this theory? Yeah, I know that God loves me, but it just stays as an idea and it's never applied to their lives. See, I know this. Ideas can be powerful. Powerful. There's been a lot of ideas that, that have transformed the world, but, but the only way that idea actually becomes transformational is when it's applied and acted upon. That's when change happens. And so what that means for us, listen, if, if God's love for you is just a theory, it's just kind of this, this idea out there, it, it might give you some warm fuzzies, right? especially this Christmas season, we're kind of like, oh, The love of God, it showed up when Jesus arrives in the manger. So this idea that God loves you, it could give you some warm fuzzies, much like that that Christmas movie on your favorite station. It might help even motivate you at times, knowing that there's a God that loves you. It, It might even be somewhat inspirational, but listen, that idea will never actually transform you until you apply it. Transformation is the goal. Why? Because until it transforms us, it does nothing to transform the world around us. And so if we're going to talk about what the world needs now is love, we better not just have an idea of God's love, we better be people who have applied God's love. Why? Because that love needs to get expressed through us. That's the application. You see, what does it look like for you to allow the love of God to move from theory an idea to actually applying it to your life in your life and through your life here's what I'm convinced of the moment that we do that everything changes everything changes the moment it goes from a distant kind of disconnected thought from this ancient text that that, yep there's a God somewhere out there and he loves us because he has to no No. The moment that it becomes personal, we apply it, it changes everything. So can I ask you to consider for a few minutes today, where do you need to apply the love of God? Where do you need to apply it? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul is is writing to a church. It's a group of followers of Jesus in a city called Corinth. And this group of Jesus followers, man, they're passionate about spiritual gifts. They're really excited about some things, but there's there's an issue in their lives because there's a disconnect when it comes to expressing the love of God. In other words, they're, they're excited about certain aspects, but they're missing the application. And Paul goes on to say, hey, you should continue to desire these gifts because it's it's the spiritual gifts that actually build up the body of Christ. This is, by the way, why it's so important for us to to gather together in church community because as the gifts operate, our faith is built up. Paul says, I'm going to show you a better way on how to do this. It's it's through expressing the love of God. Look with me to verse 4. It says this. Love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable, come on somebody, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Man, that was the challenge last week. Was it not? This idea of, man, God doesn't keep my record. Why am I holding on to this record with somebody else? Love does not keep a record of wrongs. Now, let's focus in on these next two verses. This is going to be our focus today. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. Can you say truth? It is bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. It's an incredible description of what love is. My guess is if you have ever been to a wedding ceremony, you've probably heard this scripture read from or quoted. It's a beautiful reminder of what love is and what love is not, But ultimately, we need to understand that at the end of the day, all of these things are revealed in Jesus. And it's one thing to know that, yep, I got access to that love, but it's a whole nother thing when we begin to apply that kind of love to our lives. So a few things in these two verses that I want us to recognize. Number one is that love has an anchor. Love needs an anchor. And what is the anchor of of real love? It's this thing called truth. Can you say truth? Love has an anchor called truth. Paul said this, that it doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness, but it rejoices in the truth. The truth. See, we need to understand that real love cannot find joy in something that's going to cause destruction in someone else. You ever found yourself in a moment where there there was somebody, you wouldn't call them your enemy because you're way too spiritual for that. But something in their life kind of goes wrong and you're kind of like, oh man, it's about time. It's about time. Can I remind you, that's not love. But Tyler, it feels good. I know it feels good, but that's not love. Love, why? True love does not rejoice in the downfall of somebody else, in unrighteousness, but instead, true love, it rejoices in what is true. There's certain things that are true, unmovable. Guess why I say that love has an anchor? Because the love of God for your life is true. It does not shift. It does not change. You can count on it. It is absolutely true. Love has an anchor. But also, love has an application. And what is the application of love? It's not just to to keep it as an idea. No, love has an application for ourselves and for others. That's the application. You see, if, if we never apply the love of God to ourselves, we can't experience the benefit of it. But if we've applied it to ourselves and we don't apply that same love to others, friends, we are missing the point. And here's where I think many of us, myself included, end up wrestling and even, even having a challenge. What is that? We often have a selective application when it comes to love. We selectively apply love. We, we screen for whether or not somebody is worthy of it. And so at times we, we look kind of through our life and through our friendship circles and we go, okay, they're worthy of my love. They are not worthy of my love. You know what? You've been nice to me for the last couple of days. You get love. You, not so much, right? Wouldn't it be nice if, if all of us, we had the ability to kind of have that Oprah moment, like you get a car, you get, a... everybody gets a car. Right? Imagine if, if we live with that type of love, just that type of generosity. I think that's the application of love that we are called to live out, but I often have selective application. And I'm sometimes even selective in how I apply God's love to myself. Anybody else ever been there? I I know why God could love them, but I don't know if God could love me. Selective application. But here's some good news. That's not how the love of Jesus met us, is it? See, the way that we sometimes selectively apply it to others, screening for worth, understand that's not how the love of Jesus meets us. We didn't receive the love of Jesus because of our worth, amen? It wasn't because we finally accomplished something or achieved something that God goes, you know what, okay, now you get my love. No, it's actually tied up in what Jesus has accomplished for us. That's where this love becomes real. C.S. Lewis said this, on the whole, God's love for us is a much safer subject to think about than our love for him. Isn't that the truth? You see, God's love for us is consistent. It's true. It's faithful. It's not selective. He's not looking at us going, you know what? You're not worthy anymore. You don't get it. No, his love is is generous, his love is far-reaching, his love is for humanity and mankind, that we would understand what it is to receive that love, apply that love, be transformed by that love, and begin to apply that same love to others. What was it that gave us access? It was the sheer goodness of God. It was his kindness. But have we applied it? Because here's what I need everybody to know and understand today. You have access to it, not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus has done for you. You have access to it, but have you applied it? Two different worlds, two different realities. And here's what I know, you can't be transformed by something you refuse to apply. I think this is why some of us, we, we wrestle in this journey of, of following Jesus because uh, we, we want to experience transformation, but we're busy trying instead of applying. We're, we're trying so hard in our own effort when we just got to stop for a moment and apply the love of God to our lives. You can't be transformed by something if you refuse to apply it. And you can't apply what you don't receive and you'll never receive something that you refuse to believe. See, that's why it starts with belief, but then if I believe it, I gotta receive it, I gotta put it on, I gotta allow it to transform me. As we look at verse seven in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, there's, there's four characteristics about this love that we read about. And I, wanna, I want us to notice that there's four things that applied love can't do. Four things that applied love can't do. Number one is this, love never tires of support. Love never tires of support. Paul said it this way, love bears. Can you say bears? Love bears all things. And the question that I have for us is, can your love carry the load that comes with all relationships? You know that relationships sometimes they, they feel like you're bearing something. Every relationship that you have, it's going to have a weight to it. There's a lot of times for us to, it's it's easy for us to desire an ideal of love that's never tested. This is the danger of, of kind of this false idea of romance, like, oh. He's just so perfect, she's just so perfect. They'll they'll never do anything. They always are just perfect. They just, oh, they just love it. And then you like, you actually wake up. And you realize, oh, they're a human, just like I'm a human. Right? Love is going to be tested. But here's where we find hope, because I look at the love of God and guess what? He was willing to bear all things. There there is a load. How many of you in your house, you have a load-bearing wall? Okay, I'm really concerned that everybody didn't raise their hands right now. Because those of you who do not move out now, you are in danger. Why? Because if you in your house do not have a load-bearing wall, it means that you are in a place that is not structurally sound. How many of us, at times in our relationship, we are unwilling to bear? And we wonder why our relationships fracture and crack and fail. Could it be that we're unwilling to bear all things? See, true love, it it never grows tired of carrying the load. And what that means for us is that something in me has to be stronger than me. Because how many of you have ever found yourself in a, in a space, whether it's with a coworker or a family member or a friend, and it feels unbearable? And yet, scripture says, love bears all things. Well, which, which one is it? Well, there's gotta be something in me that's stronger than me. And here's the good news. The love of Jesus can handle the weight. We need his love in us applied to the relationships around us. Why? Because what you can't handle, he can. The application matters. Second thing that love never does, love never loses faith. Paul says it this way, it believes all things. Now, now, don't miss this. This is not a naive belief where we just walk through life and say, oh, really? Oh. Everything that's said to us, everything we read on Facebook, oh, love believes all things. Come on, that's gonna lead your life to some wreckage. This is not a naive belief. This is not a call to throw away discernment. No, instead, in light of the one who loves us, we never lose faith. Why? We continue to love because we know the one who loves us is and will be faithful. That means I, I can continue to love. I can continue to believe in the midst of this relationship, in the midst of this coworker, and, and we're just under friction. I can continue to hang on in belief, not because of that person, but because of the one who is faithful to me. Here's the third thing that love never does. Love never exhausts hope. It never exhausts hope. Paul says it this way, love hopes all things. Now again, this is not naive optimism. This is not this kind of head in the clouds, like no, it's all gonna work out. This is not naive optimism. You ever had that naive optimism show up in your life? You ever said to somebody in your house, hey, I'm just running to Costco to grab one thing? (laughs) One thing. You ever said to somebody, I I just want one Dorito? One. (laughs) One Oreo? One. I'm just going to watch one episode on Netflix. And all of a sudden, you get up from your couch eight hours later after you stream the entire series. I'm just gonna rest my eyes for one minute. Come on, I know some of you have done this in church. I can see you, by the way, I I can see you. And Jesus sees you. See, this, this isn't a naive optimism. Understand, love hopes all things. Why? The love of God, if it has met you and you've applied it to your life, understand this, it's always too soon to give up hope. Always. God's with me. He loves me. Therefore, it's always too soon to give up hope. Well, Tyler, I look around at our world that feels pretty hopeless, Tyler, I look around at Pierce County. I I feel like our world is going to hell in a handbasket. It's always too soon to give up hope. Why? Because the one who loves you is with you. Here's the fourth thing that love never does. Love never gives up. Love never gives up. Love endures all things, Paul says. You see, you maybe find yourself in a place today where, where you've given up on some people. Maybe they're in your family. Maybe they're coworkers. Maybe they're neighbors. And, and you've, you've kind of written them up. You've given up those people from that other political party. Come on, Tyler, it's Christmas. Just, just chill. Love endures all things. See, maybe there's other people that you've written off or, or maybe you're at the point where you're ready to write yourself off. You've continued to try to kick that habit. You've continued to try to change your attitude. You've continued to try to adjust your tone. And, and now, no matter how hard you try, nothing seems to change. And, and you've begun to write your Self off. See, this this is why the application of love matters. Apply the love of God to that person that that you've given up on. Because guess what? God hasn't given up on them. Apply the love of God to yourself. Why? Because God hasn't given up on you. Hear me. There's some people where, where you're tempted to give up on yourself. God has not yet given up on you. Allow his love to meet you right where you are at. You see, our only hope of applying this type of love to others is that we have to receive it ourselves. We have to apply it. In Luke 15, Jesus, he tells three different stories. He was being criticized by some religious people. Why why are you hanging out with people like that, Jesus? So he tells three stories about things that were lost. He tells a story about a lost sheep, a lost coin, but then he talks about a father who had two lost sons. The younger son wants his inheritance, he receives it, he goes to a distant land, squanders it in wild living and a famine hits that land after all of his money ran out. The son is at a point of desperation And he does the unthinkable for a young Jewish man. He hires himself out to work for a pig farmer, which was considered a very unclean animal in Jewish culture. As Jesus is telling the story, no doubt the crowd is just kind of frustrated with, with the audacity of this younger son. He's wasteful, he's reckless, he deserves what's coming to him. But love doesn't rejoice. In unrighteousness but it rejoices in the truth see the story isn't for us just to focus on the two brothers in this story no because because even though the older brother stayed close and the younger brother went far the reality is both brothers were distanced from the love of the father the focal point of the story is the father And notice what happens. Every day, he continued to look for his son's return. Every day. Some of us, we we are maybe a little bit more disciplined than others. In other words, we, we can go a number of days, but eventually, most of us, we hit our limit where we are not willing to endure it anymore. But in the story, the father, every day, looks for his son. See, the love of the father, what does it do? It it bears all things. The love of the father continues to believe. Every day he walks out believing that maybe today will be the day that my son will come home. He, He continues to hope, saying, maybe I'll see him coming down the dirt road and it won't be long. The love of the father, it continued to endure but notice this even when the younger son was at his lowest point in the pig pen feeding himself with what the pigs were eating that's not when the father was rejoicing the father loved his son but the father did not love where his son was at see he didn't delight in the pig pen even though he delighted in his son Again, 1 Corinthians 13 verse 6, love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but it rejoices in the truth. You see, there was a moment where that son, he, scripture says this, he came to his senses and he began the journey home. Love rejoices in the truth. Friends, here's the good news. We have a perfect heavenly father who has bared all things he believes he he hopes he endures his love never ends you see all four of those things are received and revealed in Jesus and this is why Christmas for us as followers of Jesus is such a sacred season because it's this declaration that the love of God it was willing to bear what we could not bear But as we apply that, guess what? It gives us a strength to bear things around us. It continues to believe. It continues to hope. It continues to endure. See, Christmas is this declaration. God's love is carrying the load. And guess what? He will never tire of supporting you. It's this declaration that God's love is always faithful. He believes that you are valuable even when you stop believing it yourself. Friend, hear me, you are valuable to God. You are valuable to him. He loves you. He's for you. He's not against you. Let that love transform your heart, but but please don't make the mistake of just leaving it as an idea. You gotta apply it. You gotta put it on. God's love is your source of hope. We can be confident in what will be. We don't lose hope. See, God's love is not going to stop. It's it's not only enduring, but it's also eternal. This is the love of God. And what the world needs now is that love applied, applied. So I ask you the question, where, where do you need to apply the love of God? Does it need to become personal to you? If so, today's your day. Have you been selective in your application of it with others? This is a great week to begin to allow God to transform the way that you apply his love to the world around you. Today, can I invite you to bow your heads with me across this room? I want to take a moment and pray for two things. First and foremost, I want to pray for those of us, maybe we've never put our trust in what Jesus has done for us. Today, you want to apply the love of God to your life. You want to know that you are forgiven. Your debt is paid. You can have a fresh start with God, not because of what you have done, but because of what Jesus has already done for you. Today, if that's your desire, you say, Tyler, man, I I want a fresh start with God. I want to know that I'm forgiven. I want to know that, that it's a new day. If that's you today, would you just simply raise a hand, just hold it up for a moment, say, yeah, that's me, Tyler. Would you pray for me? Yeah, yeah. Others would say, yeah, that's me, that's me. Yeah, thank you. You can put those hands down. Second, I wanna I want to talk to those of us who, maybe we've already put our trust in Jesus, but you realize today that you got some work to do in the area of application. Maybe you've left this, this, this concept of God's love as just an idea, but, but now it's time to actually apply it. Maybe you need to apply it to yourself. Maybe you need to apply it to some of the relationships in your world this week. If that's you and you say, hey, this this week I'm gonna allow God to to help me apply this thing. If that's you, would you just raise a hand, just hold it up for a moment and say, yeah, that's me, that's me, yeah, yeah, a lot of us." Jesus, I thank you for your love that meets us. The season is a reminder that love came to us, love came for us. And now, because of your presence, your spirit at work in our lives, love, it it dwells with us and in us. And I know for many of us at times, it, it just stays as an idea, but God, through your grace, would you help us to apply it? Help us to apply it this week. Help us to apply it to our lives. Help us to apply it to those that we come in contact with, whether it's family members or coworkers or neighbors or friends. Lord, what the world needs now is your love applied. So let us start in this moment. Today, Life Center, I'm gonna invite all of us to say this prayer with those who raise their hand, saying that they wanna put their trust in Jesus. Can we pray this with them, knowing that that one decision, as scripture says, if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Would you pray this prayer, say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. Help me to follow you every day of my life. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Can we celebrate those who are making
1: that decision today? You know, if you made that decision today, we want to help you on your journey so I'd like to invite you to take the next steps with us. You can either take that card that's right in front of you or you can go online and, and click the next step button and, and uh, get us your information because we'd love to help you on your journey. Also, we'd love to help just pray with you if you have a need, you have a prayer request or you have some information. It's our way of connecting with you every week and so we'd love to have you fill that out and be a part of that. I'd like to invite you to stand if you would. You know, we've got a couple things happening as, we, as you heard already. We have our Christmas meal giveaway want to be a part of that, you can still sign up. We have our Christmas tree production starts this next weekend. And then uh, we also have our Christmas Eve services. And all these different opportunities are opportunities for you to connect with your family, invite your family, your community, to be a part of what God's doing here at Life Center. Let's pray for you now. Father, I just pray now that you will go with your people as they go from this place. I pray, Lord God, that you will be with them. And I pray, Lord God, that you will help us to take that same love that we apply into our life and to apply it to others in this season, in this day, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. Our pastor and prayer team will be up here if you'd like prayer as well. Lord bless you.